This is episode number 101 of the Reno Slants. We're about seven weeks into quarantine now, and as a result, this episode gets a little bit off the rails. Welcome to the Reno Slants, the weekly Nevada sports podcast. Unbelievable. Home to an award-winning sports writer, his Nevada alum brother, exclusive interviews, and occasionally aggressive banter about Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and pretty much everything else Nevada. Well, everything except the departure of a certain basketball coach. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. On this week's episode of the Reno Slant. The NFL draft went surprisingly well this past week, and shout out to our dude Parker Houston. Can he make the Arizona Cardinals roster? We'll consider that. Aliens! That's all I'm going to say. Adam looks for good news, and this is a really important month coming up. I cannot stress this enough. A really important month coming up. For slants, we're going to get into weekend plans. I am full-blown addicted to Call of Duty. It's over for me. This was my concern, buying an Xbox. Social, we have a new feature this week that allows you guys to submit questions via voice. You can record your voice, send your questions in. I'm really excited about this moving forward. We're going to have a ton of fun with it. We'll try it for the social slant here. There's other things we'll do as well. We got one question in that medium this week. We'll get some more moving forward, I'm sure. We talked about hypothetical silver and blue spring game storylines because the game, I actually didn't know this, was supposed to be last Saturday before all this crap happened. Talk about Scottie Pippen porn. I'll let you guys guess who asked that. Who do you think asked that question? (laughs) And we got a question about Mountain West rivalries as well. Then we'll wrap up the show with Random Reno. Before we get there, thank you to all of you who continue to support this podcast, continue to help us grow. Now 101 episodes in. Every single one of you are helping us get closer to our goal of 1,000 downloads per week. We're going to get there eventually. We did 326 downloads last week, so a bounce back from the week prior. Still a good week from us. We'll take it. If you are not already, please subscribe and follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at The Reno Slant. You can check us out online at TheRenoSlant.com and our new blog. A couple new posts up this week. And if you really want to help us get closer to that goal of 1,000 downloads per week, please tell a Nevada friend of yours, a Nevada fan friend of yours, who is not yet listening to podcasts to check us out. That would be awesome. Our iTunes five-star review of the week is brought to you, as always, by Toyabi Golf Club. And the review this week comes from no one. We are back in iTunes five-star review jail. We're back. Feels like home, baby. <laughs> if you want two free rounds at Toyabi Golf Club, a $90 value, and per something I just read, sounds like we'll be able to go golfing here, I think, within a couple days. If you want two free rounds at Toyabi Golf Club, hop on over to our iTunes landing page. Leave us a quick five-star iTunes review. And if we read your review next week, not only will you get us out of iTunes five-star review jail, we will send you those two free rounds so you and a buddy uh, can hit the links. Toyabi Golf Club is a super quick drive down 395 South from Reno in Washoe Valley. It is open to the public, recently acquired by Duncan Golf Management. They are offering the single best membership deal in all of Northern Nevada. It is four courses for as little as $300 a month 
You guys know the deal. In addition to Toyabi, that includes Lake Ridge, Wolf Run, and Dayton Valley. You can book your tee time or get more information today at DuncanGolfReno.com. This week's show also brought to you by Archie's, our favorite burger in Northern Nevada, a staple in Reno for going on 26 years now, uh, located across Mackey, or located across Virginia Street from Mackey, essentially. I butchered that last week as well. You guys know where Archie's is. Virginia and, and McCarran, right there. Uh, Archie's was named the best burger in Northern Nevada by the Nevada Magazine, was named the best restaurant by the Nevada Business School, and Archie's is doing its part to support local. This is the time that we need to be supporting the businesses that we love and that we support so that they can keep the lights on, so they can continue to pay their employees, help them out on a regular basis. Each time you order from Archie's, you are not you are supporting other local organizations as well because Archie's sources local. That means buying your burgers at Archie's. That means picking up on their happy hour, which is four to six every day. We had someone tweet us a picture who, who hit up their happy hour. I think it was on Thursday. They're doing growlers for $8. $8 growlers. You're not doing anything. You're sitting on the couch. You're waiting for the last dance on Sunday. Hit up Archie's. Fill up your growler. Visit archiesreno.com or call in at 322-9595. That's archiesreno.com or 322-9595. This is weekly yearbook number seven now. Number seven. Don't you just love it? Where do you think we'll end up with this thing before sports return? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Optimism, eight. Realist. Oh, my God. 30. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a while. Man, I hope it's not 30. Where where was 30 for us? That's 23 weeks, not a math podcast, 23 divided by four, essentially. It's pretty much six months. Yeah, it's basically six months. Well, I I really don't know what to think. I talk, I think I talked about it last week or the week before, but it's like I read an article, I think the sky is falling. I read something else, I think this thing's ending next week. I literally have no idea what is going. <laughs> I'm just long for the ride. That's all. As long as my couch is still there, as long as there's food in the fridge, which for right now, and we we still got TP, a couple extra rolls, so we're actually doing all right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I'm absolutely clueless as to where we are on the whole curve of this. I think it'll be the June, either 10th or June 17th episode. We are going to become a full-blown golf podcast. That's when the PGA is slated to return, one of those two weeks. And I don't know how we're not going to get fired up for that. I mean, <laughs> we have no choice. If that's all that's there, it's take what we can get. I retweeted a, a thing today. Who knows if it's legit? One of the Vegas gossip Twitter accounts that there's a lot of legs that the NBA is, in fact, going to return and when it does, it's going to be here in Vegas. They'll be playing at T-Mobile, Thomas and & Mack, and I don't know where their facility might be, where the players will essentially be quarantined. You're going to do multiple games per day, no fans in the stands, that the NBA, I guess, is seriously considering that. Did I hear Did I hear that right? They're going straight to the playoffs? I don't know. I would, I would imagine so. Yeah, because, I mean, like, someone was talking – I can't remember if they were talking about part of my take or where I heard it, but – I mean, it makes sense. It's towards the end of the season. You got those teams that are down and out. Like, they're not – you imagine the players on those teams, like, they're not going to want to come back, get their ass kicked for two weeks or however long these games are going to play and yeah. then go then go back. It's like, at that point, I don't really think you have an option but to kind of throw it in and just go straight into playoffs. Is it the timing aspect of it too, right? The playoffs were supposed to start, I think, a week and a half ago. And they're realistically probably not going to get to start for another – 
mean, what, two months at the earliest? Yeah. If you're being optimistic. And if you go too much longer, then you're pushing into the 20 next year's timeline, unless you're going with the Atlanta Hawks CEO philosophy of you're going to start the season basically on Christmas Day. Mm. And then end the season in August where you're only competing with baseball. We've talked about this already. We're only competing with baseball over the course of summer. You're not competing with college football in the fall. But we and all know we all know baseball is a tough to you know that's a tough one to compete tough, with. People, tough to compete people are people are locked in for all 162. Yeah, if the NBA is considering adopting that new calendar or new schedule, then they probably could finish the regular season. Mm-hmm. Depending on what they decide to do here, we'll probably get a glimpse or a glimpse of what they're thinking. Get a real feel if Adam Adam Silver's uh, the uh, commissioner of the players. Mm. That's what he wants to be, no question. We'll see. We'll start weekly rec number seven with you. What'd you find? All right, well, I'm going to lead it off with my good news just because I do support this business. So when I found this article, I felt pretty good about it. But Publix, I think I've talked about before, local grocery, I believe, in the South. I mean, it's all over the place here, but obviously they're not in Reno or anywhere else in the West. But Publix, uh, just in your average grocery store. But what they have started to do is they're buying food from farmers to feed hungry families. So this week, uh, the chain Publix announced a new initiative. They're purchasing the fresh produce and milk to assist farmers impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. And then they're donating these products directly to Feeding America member food banks in the operating area. So, um, and a lot of times where people are, you know, maybe not have as much resources to buy food or be able to access food. Um, it's nice when you see some of these big corporate chains at least using some of their some of their money for good. Um, so that one that one was pretty good just because I had shopped at Publix on Friday, I believe it was. So it uh, feels a little better getting my groceries from there. Is Publix the one that does the two for one six packs? That is, that, is, that is Publix. Those have been, so I feel even better. I might start going <laughs> I might start going four for two. <laughs> gonna be three bill three bills before we get out of this pandemic. <laughs> My first one, we just want to touch briefly on, on the NFL draft. This was a, a few days old now. It went really smoothly, surprisingly. That said, mm-hmm. I really only watched the first round. I know you pretty much did as well. At least that's what you wrote in your blog. I really enjoyed it though. It yeah. was there was a message of hope. Like the intro into the the production, if you will, was really moving. It was unifying. There were sports or sports news, at mm-hmm. least, that was going on. I think ESPN and ABC deserve a ton of credit for putting that together. I, I think it's easy to overlook how complicated it was what they did. Yeah, so yeah. many people in different locations, cutting different cameras, cameras, hoping the video was good, hoping the audio was good. There weren't really any significant technical issues, at least none, none that I noticed. There were some awkward moments where you have, as we've all had over the course of the last six weeks in our Zoom meetings or our conference calls, where people keep talking at the same time or no one talks for 10 seconds, waiting to see who's going to talk first. There were a couple of those, and it made it feel even more, I don't know if relatable is the word. More realistic. I was saying, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by having the the draftees at home, you got to see another side of them added to the story, no question. 
seeing them in, in their element when when, uh, when they were picked or their name was read. In a way, I think the NFL might have a bit of an issue on its hands now in that I think people will want that again. Mm-hmm. The consumer, the people watching that, that part was so nice. It was such a surprise, a nice value add, if you will, with, with the draft. It might make sense to have the players continue to be at home. The NFL, I'm sure, would rather have the guys in their suits on location, though. Oh, yeah. It, it would be like now they're taking something away after the draft we had this year. I think you could still do it. You can still have the draft in one location. They did announce the draft is coming back to Vegas in 2022 and Goodell butchered the announcement. Oh uh, yeah. yeah night. <laughs> did you see where, where next year's draft is, by the way? I didn't see that. No. Cleveland. Man. <laughs> Hot spot. Jeez, man. You can tell how many NFL fans are be excited. Got my tickets to Cleveland to go watch the draft. You could still have, commish on site you could still throw a major party and then maybe have just less guys come be there on site i don't know how you do say to the first rounders only having 10 of you out here though yeah because then it happens you get you get a guy that might start slipping and then it gets real awkward in there the guy's supposed to be a top 10 pick <laughs> well that's how it always is with the draft there's always someone who sits in the green green room I way too long and you start feeling really bad for them yeah, but I feel like that might even be worse if you got like only ten guys and like, all right, we're all top ten, and that guy falls to day two. We'll see. I, I, I'll be curious to see what they decide to do. My guess is they'll just have everyone back on site. It was nice, though. I would not be upset at all if they continue to do it this way. Oh, at yeah, least for the players. At least for the players. Mm-hmm. No, it was nice, and you saw like more real moments. Like, yeah, that we, that I wrote about in the blog. Some of the stuff is nice. I mean, you're celebrating with family and whatnot, but. I definitely preferred it that way. I felt like it was a lot less stress. I don't know if stressful is the right word, but I, I just felt like it was – I liked it a lot more. I'll just put it that way. Um, some, all, some all-time great moments, by the way. We should touch on them. Just you like have, some, of the, some of the clips I, I and forget, stuff? I forget which player it was where his girlfriend's hugging him and his mom oh, literally pulled his girlfriend off and said, get up, get out of here. Yeah, it says you are going you to be gone. To your place. You are going to be gone in about a month and a half, anyways. So you are not in the shot right now. It, it's like uh, the picture you've seen Russell Wilson on his draft day, yep. where he's got his girlfriend just going bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knows that girl. Everybody knows Sierra. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Well, the the, the rumor is around Seattle. I don't know as much as a rumor, I, I don't know if it's been officially confirmed. Was that that girl? Everyone's in the picture of her going bonkers when he gets drafted by the Hawks in the third round back in 2011, the 2011 draft. Yes, 20, so you're right. 2011, let's roll with it. 2011 draft. She cheated on him with Golden Tate. Classic. That's the rumor. And then a, he ended up with Sierra. Not a golden move. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before before that, you take uh, number two here, I, I do need to give a shout out to our guy Parker Houston. Reed grad, he's been getting pumped up in Reno obviously this week. He did not get picked. He did sign as an undrafted free agent by Arizona. So he is now an Arizona Cardinal for the time being. I got to cover Parker pretty well when I was at the Sparks Tribune writing for Reed. That was in the, the peak of the Ernie Howran era at, at Reed. And Parker, an awesome dude. If you guys want to see some like vintage Parker Houston Reed footage, it was like two weeks ago I stumbled across my old YouTube page from the Sparks Tribune. I have some interviews with Parker Classics. post-game. And he's such even then, 
with high school kids, you get the reporter going, the camera going. Some of them can lock up. Parker could not be more natural talking to a microphone. He's very outgoing. He's very personable, easy to root for. Talked. I Parker got me yelled at by, by Brian Polian when I'm at a radio show because I wrote a column saying, why the hell would you not offer this kid? And now he's in the NFL. The question becomes, can he make this roster? And at a high level, I did just some quick research last night. The Cardinals have five tight ends on the roster currently. They kept three last year. Cliff, Kings, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't really use a fullback. And sometimes if you don't use a fullback, you can sneak in a fourth tight end. We'll see. Essentially, Parker, there's basically three tight ends, what it would appear at least, fighting for that last you know, number three tight end role where you are largely contributing on special teams. He's competing with Darrell Daniels, who was in that role last year with Arizona. This is his fifth year. He's actually a UW boy. He went to Washington, started in Seattle. He also was an undrafted free agent. We'll see. If, if, if there's someone who's going to work their ass off, who's going to bring some energy, who, who's willing to get down on punk coverage, it's Parker. Room for him. It would be super awesome to see him make the roster, assuming that we get football this fall. Yeah. 99% of those situations I'd be rooting for Daryl go dogs but in this I'll I'll let Parker slide I'll get I'll give him I'll root for him in this situation uh another type of misinformation I want to get on to last week it just got dropped on us out of nowhere Mr. Jong Un no longer breathing is, 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 he, is he is he actually dead I don't know that's the question so I saw the news it's like I mean We'll try not to get too. <laughs> well, I'll fray, I'll stay away from the political part and just the high level, surface level with this. As I try to not get into politics with a political I leader, it, I love it. I love it. Adam now practicing journalistic integrity. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going. I'm not, not going to show my bias, or will it? But anyways, no, I couldn't believe it. It just like came out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, this guy's dead. Uh, he had some whatever surgery. The meme, the office meme, was hilarious. I uh, don't remember the the. The Asian guy who works at um, he works in the warehouse with Daryl, and he talks oh, about what is, what is his name? I do not remember, but what yeah, is his name? people listening he, are mad at us right now. You keep talking and find it. Yeah, about how he was a great surgeon back in Japan. I want to say it is, and ends oh, up like steady. yeah, <laughs> yeah, steady ends up killing one of these bad leaders or whatever, and came to the United States to start over. But people are making that that correlation with Kim Jong Un's doctor, whoever he is, but um. Then it just comes out of nowhere. South Korea is like, no, he's alive and well. There's no issues. Obviously, you know, you can't have a whole lot of people inside North Korea tracking what's going on because just how secretive the nature is. But I just thought that whole situation was completely bizarre. How like out of nowhere he's dead, and then that just kind of settles for everybody, um, more or less. Let that sink in, everybody. It's a new world. Who's gonna, his sister's going to take over? And then, like a couple days later, South Korea is like, "Oh yeah, you guys are all wrong. You're idiots." And like, it's been—it wasn't just like on Twitter that this was going all over the place. It was like media outlets were posting, saying that he was dead. It was reported that he was dead, and now, uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> no idea where we are in that story now. He day. He day. Dang. He day. Nice. He day. That's good. Yeah, he day. Steady hand. Well, the thing I read that if he was at least in good health. North Korea would have tried to squash this and have him make a public appearance. He hasn't mm -hmm. made a public appearance in a while now. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the hard, one of the things I was reading was pretty true. I mean, like, it just seems like a bizarre thing. But anyway, they talked about how morbidly obese he is. Yep. 
And it's like, well, you look at pictures of him. It's like he definitely had been eating a couple more Reese's as of late. And I haven't been keeping up my Kim Jong-un body image. But <laughs> well, you're trying to mirror it here now. I'm Once my hair grows back, I, that's, I saw his cut. I'm like, man, I might as well give it a shot. That's why I'm starting <laughs> over right now. Let the hair restart. And next thing you know, I'm going to start wearing those black and gray pantsuit things. Whatever he wears, it is he wears there, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> Government, I guess. Here we go. Anti-gov rant by Nathan. Week two in a row. <laughs> Apparently, our government does not care at all anymore. They're just saying, yep, aliens are real. Did you see this shit this week? I did. That is bonkers. For those who did not see it, the Pentagon released these Navy videos that, were, that had previously been confidential, showing they were classified as unidentified aerial phenomena mm. pilots over the ocean obviously one video is from 2004 two others are from 2015 did you see the actual videos i saw like the first one of like the the thing that looked like a saucer was on like its side and it was it just, rotates yeah and it was rotating you can you obviously you hear the pilot's audio and he's like what the bleep is that like the mm-hmm. thing's spinning and, i mean <laughs> There's no other explanation. Those are UFOs. Those are aliens. And the government just said, yep. So those videos leaked a couple times previous. I think it was 2007, 2014. They'd come out and there was speculation there was more to the videos or that they weren't real. And I apparently the logic was we're going to release these videos. We're going to acknowledge that we have these to, I guess, silence some of these additional storylines that are saying this is what we have. There's nothing else to it, but these videos are real. I guess that was the idea there. The crazy thing is, it's hardly news. It's hardly <laughs> news. What are we talking The state of our world right now is so sideways that the government said these things were real. We got them on camera, and no one cares. What, what an opportunistic time to do it. If there was a time for the government to say, Okay, you know what, guys? We've been talking to these dudes for 100 years. We have full-blown conversations with these guys. They live amongst us. If there was time to do it, now would be it. Mm -hmm. Now would be it. Because, case in point, this week, it was was hardly even a blip on the radar. It's true. It wasn't even the top trending thing on Twitter. It wasn't like – it wasn't the article – you know, the picture of the article you see on the top. It was like two or three. I've been pro – I don't know pro aliens is the word, but – I've been, aliens are real, aliens exist, we are being extremely narrow-minded if we think we are the only sentient beings in the entire universe, which we don't even know how big it is. I think that is, is unrealistic. I don't, have mm-hmm. we ever talked about aliens? I don't know where you even are on this. I uh, say, so yeah, I was just about to tell you, to, you forgot to get your tinfoil hat before we started talking about this. I don't think that's even that, un- you saw the <laughs> videos, it's not even that yeah. unrealistic anymore, I feel like. I'm one of those people, when it comes to aliens, my philosophy has always been, don't look at it, don't talk about it, don't address the fact they've been there. Uh, I don't deny it, but I try not to address it. That's my stance. Don't you talk need, about it. Don't be about it. These, these Netflix things. On, that's, the, that's, on the la- that's the last thing I need because what's going to end up happening is I'm going to watch that for a week straight and then I'm going to be talking Isidore's ear off about how aliens are real and we need to load up on pasta every week because pasta is the, the food of the future and aliens don't eat pasta or some some weird obscure food or I'm going to get crazy with it like that. 
a aliens are real. Aliens are friendly. If aliens wanted us gone, they wanted us dead, they would have killed us long before any of us got here. Long before. Aliens are friendly. Pro-alien, huh? Strong stance to take before we have much much information. If you watch some of these things, Hollywood has demonized our friends from space. Friends? Hollywood Hollywood has been... Aliens love us. They love us. That's why they just want to check us out. Come say hi. Say what's up. Dishing out some strong takes from the dishing out some strong takes before we got a lot of information. Coronavirus weekly rec number seven. This is where we are. I told you takes. I told you the takes would start getting wild. I didn't tell you where they start coming from. They start coming from me. Week seven. Nathan's take. Alien best friends come over for next Super Bowl. (laughs) You won't even invite. You won't even invite your neighbor from across the street, but you're gonna invite somebody from a different galaxy. They don't have coronavirus. That's true. As we all know, aliens immune. That's just a fact. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, my next one, it was just an article I read. It has really nothing to do with the Reno slant. It's just random information like I'm always bringing in week in and week out that I know everybody loves to read. But there was an article I read. It was talking about the random facts about MLB teams. And I thought it was a, got me a little nostalgic just because baseball hadn't started. But my favorite player, do you remember who he was growing up? Not on the Mariners, right? No, on the Mariners. Favorite player on the Mariners growing up, Brett Boone. Yeah, Brett Boone. There was a whole article written about him, about how legit he was of um, an RBI leader for a guy who played played like more than half his career at second base. Mm-hmm. And they were just they were just talking about some of the numbers and some of the names. You remember like each obviously Ichiro, Mark Ma- Mark McLemore, John Olderwood, oh, yeah. Edgar, yep. name, naming some of those guys. I mean he. Dan just, Wilson. Yeah, Dan Wilson. And they were talking about like all these guys batting over 300. RBI numbers were insane. Yeah, Kazi Hero, uh, Freddie Garcia. But Ooh. like I was reading Jamie that article Moore. and all it yeah, Jamie Moore. And it just started making me think, I'm like, how did these guys not win anything? And obviously in 01, they had this the sweet 116. But my like the numbers they put up consistently in that time, and they just won nothing. Was, that's what I think was the most baffling part. I'm like the Mariners were legit, like legit numbers, and they still just could not do anything. Like they got to the ALCS in in 2001 and they won 116 games, and then got mm-hmm. annihilated by the Yankees. Annihilated. I think they lost in five and lost by an average score of like eight runs. Yeah, just got drilled. Like I think it was. If I'm if I got the year right, it says 01. I copy pasted from the article, so that. I don't. I can't remember if it's the one season, but the MVP voting that year, the Mariners had two of the three top three guys. Ichiro won it. Yeah, Ichiro won it. Jason Giambi was number two, and Brett Boone was third. Damn. How do you have basically two MVP candidates? But I digress. Screw the Yankees, hate them. But man, just looking at those things, I was like, how? And now you obviously we know where the Mariners are now and where they're going to be for all of eternity. But we can we can. Remember the ALCS appearance? Seattle baseball, baby. Soto Mojo. Dave Niehaus. 2001, if it wasn't painful enough, they didn't even make it to the World Series, was the last time they've made the playoffs. (laughs) We're due. We're due. It's like roulette when it's like (laughs) in North American major sports. Baseball. It's like when Red keeps hitting on roulette. We're due. Bet black. It's coming. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> it's not my last one 
a little much more coronavirus related, and then we'll get on to, to slants. It's been, as we've mentioned a few times now, basically seven weeks since this whole thing really started coming undone. Remember when conference basketball tournaments were getting canceled, essentially, between games? Remember when we were recording a podcast and the news came out that Rudy Gobert had tested positive, which we still don't understand, by the way. Then testing took they take like a day to get results and they got results that quickly unless he was tested a day prior. Then everyone mm-hmm. got pissed at him because he touched all the mics in, in all the different phones. And then Donovan, yeah. Mil- Donovan Mitchell tested positive. And then for some reason, it was just decided that Rudy Gobert gave it to Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell could not have given it to Rudy Gobert. People don't talk about that enough. People keep talking. There's It comes out every once in a while that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy is, is so mad at Rudy Gobert that their relationship might be on repair. Unless there's something else going on, this is incredibly conceited of Donovan Mitchell to just not even consider the idea that maybe he had it first and gave it to Rudy Gobert. He's going to feel real dumb if they can find out that's what happened. Point guards can't get it first. That's just a fact. <laughs> it feels like forever ago that, that that happened. I mean, truly, it's it's beating the same drum that time is this weird thing right now that you cannot quantify. Mm-hmm. We don't know what day it is. It's I literally left a voicemail today at work. And so it took me like five seconds, more than that, actually, to try to remember what day it was. And just said, I, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I give up. I'm and done. the thing is, if you say something like that, people understand. Like, I totally get it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. The, probably, the, probably the first time in a very long time that everybody's been on the same page. <laughs> Besides of whether they can go to the beach or not. So to say I miss sports, I miss real life would be an understatement. That said, I'm nervous about the next month or so that's coming up here. Sisolak mm-hmm. just announced today, I don't know if he announced it or if it's coming up, the actual details of the more phased approach. Restrictions are going to start getting loosened here. We're going to have curbside retail. I guess that includes cannabis locations. So go nice. team. Uh, golf courses, we can start. We can start going golfing again. Some recreational spots; those are going to start loosening up a little bit. I pray that we do not see a dramatic spike now. Pray mm-hmm. if we see a dramatic spike that forces us back into quarantine, we're going to be in quarantine even longer, and we're almost seven weeks into this. You know that if we have to go backwards, they will not be messing around. We're going to be in our houses for months, yeah, months. If they have to unwind or rewind this thing, you're going to have to pry Nathan's club from his cold, dead hands. Ugh! I just, yeah. Please, I, I'm, I'm just trying to speak it into existence at this point. I don't think being locked in our houses. For this long is sustainable. Something has to give and there has to be some sort of middle ground. I just hope that this doesn't lead to some crazy spike. They say that it being warm maybe has something to do with coronavirus, but Singapore, where it's always warm, hasn't been impacted by the weather. My our mom said that it's humid there. Maybe that has a factor. I don't know. It's hundred degrees in Vegas, way too hot. I'm gonna throw all the theories I can at this thing in hopes that we do not see some sort of big reaction here. I think it's become increasingly clear that no one knows what's going on. As much as we want to say we have to do this, do this, no one knows. This thing is so foreign to 
all of us is we don't even know still truly what it is or who has it or who's had it or how lethal it is. We don't know any of these things right now. It's been a lot of spray and pray, shoot from the hip and hope it works. Where's the threshold if this thing does start to spread again? Because the common sense would suggest that more people are going to get this as we start to unwind some of the restrictions. And if you're trying to build herd immunity, that's kind of the argument, expose young, healthy people to it. I don't know if the government will admit that's what they're trying to do. And maybe that's not what they're trying to do. Cases will rise. Where's the threshold, though, where they say, that's it. We're pulling the plug back in your house. Big month coming up here. Big month. Yeah. I'd, say, I, I'd say just ask your alien friends. They're so advanced. They should be able to figure this out. If we would just embrace our technology, they could figure this thing out like that. Another reason I mean, to grow alien. They got something for this. <laughs> your weekly yearbook seven. That's how long it took to become pro alien. Pro alien podcast. <laughs> uh, anything else from you? No. Let's lock it up. All right, before we get to slants, a couple quick reads here. This week's show also brought to you by Silver and Blue Outfitters, your source for Nevada apparel and merchandise. Actually, just today, pulled the trigger. I bought the wood sign that they're making. I did not buy with Reno slant funds. I bought that out of the, the Nathan slant or Nathan, Nathan slant. The Nathan Nathan, Ch- Nathan Shelp slush fund from the Reno slant. I see Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Funneling all the big bucks into my personal account to fund my expenditures like a silver blue outfitters wood sign. I got to figure out where I'm going to hang it here in my home office slash shoot studio. Really awesome. What silver blue outfitters is doing, not only to keep the lights on, but to pay their hourly employees who cannot show up to work right now because of some of these restrictions, maybe that will change for them. Curbside retail. Maybe that means Mark will get to open the doors, at least have some employees in the shop and have people pick up orders and not have to ship them. He's been doing free shipping because of course he has, you can pick up Nevada apparel, Nevada merchandise, those sick Nevada signs. It's He cuts them out to the shape of the state of Nevada with the sagebrush and battleborn colors. It's super sick. You guys should check it out. Silverandblueoutfitters.com. Again, that's silverandblueoutfitters.com. This week's show also brought to you by our great friends at Tipsy Elves. Tipsy Elves is doing its part to adjust right now. A couple things they're pushing, a lot of home comfort wear as we're all sitting in front of the computer, working from our home office, working from the living room downstairs, working from that extra desk in the corner of of our room, trying to make it work. Uh, So they got their onesies on sale. They're gonna start uh, selling some t-shirts as well. They're gonna go, they're gonna, the proceeds are gonna go to benefit uh, the first responders. And they're doing a spring quarantine sale, 30% off. Spring quarantine sale, 30% off. So visit tipsyls.com today. And if you do, use promo code SLANT20. That will earn you an additional 20% off. That's promo code SLANT20 for additional 20% off at tipsyelves.com. We'll run some slants here as we have through quarantine. We'll start with weekend plans, at least tentative weekend plans. You're trying to go to the beach? Yeah, so I listened to Ron DeSantis. I think that's his name, governor of Florida. It's actually pretty interesting. Florida, not to flex up on everybody, killing the COVID-19 game. Uh, you said it again. Oh, I'm aware of what we I said. A, we got a question about this. I'm that aware. I am very aware and intentional of what I said. However, killing the game, 
apparently killing the game well enough that beaches are going to open, excluding the Miami-Dade County because, I mean, who cares? Anyways, but so I, I'm curious to see really what happens is or how many people are on the beach. They It's not limited to uh, walking and leisure activities like it was in Jacksonville. It's full on bring a Tommy Bahama chair and grab your cooler, but better not be more than three people. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's enforced and how it's done. So um haven't told this to Dora that yet, but that is my idea of what we might be doing this weekend. Um, I have we'll been need a working full scouting report from you if you, if you oh. know. Are people six I, feet apart? How are we doing? I'm walking out in cuffs. They're gonna, you know, bring two beers, but no more than three. Three if they're in cans, four no more than glass. Anyways, uh probably working out a little bit, like I've talked about. Uh, gaining a couple LBs, uh, muffin top was full on grab season. So I'm trying to <laughs> shrink those love handles. It was getting, it was getting a little bad. Um, um, other part though, I don't think I actually told you this it was kind of a, kind of a low key bummer. Uh, we were hopeful slash, um, realistic that USF might actually do their campus all online in the upcoming semester. Um, and in that case, we were planning on actually going to Reno, being a Renoite for the fall. Oh, uh, yeah, to avoid um, paying rent and living out here, just because if it's on camp or if it's online, we don't really have a whole lot keeping us in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, besides that, Tampa USF foot or besides the Nevada USF football game, if that's able to happen. However, um, that didn't happen, so it's going back to campus, um, which was kind of a bummer, and it's so it's not. But as of right now, it's not a hundred percent. But we'll see how it goes. Again, yeah. we we can see what happens. They can. I've seen a few campuses say they have they intend. I think Oregon announced it this week that they intend to have campuses or yeah. classes in person in the fall. Who knows? When is your lease renewed? Lease. So that's where it gets interesting. As we, yeah. as everybody knows, I'm living in the Taj Mahal of apartment complexes in Tampa. So they have a great deal where you have to give a 60 day notice, 60 day. Notice. Oh, that's not bad. 60 days isn't bad. I thought that was awful. Well, is it month to month? Well, so we signed an 11 month lease. Oh, I thought you um, meant like essentially you can leave whenever, as long as you get well, 60 listen, months well, head or 60 days heads up. Well, listen ahead here, guy. So lease ends July 16th. Okay. The, the 11 months is over. However, we have to let them know by May 16th. Oh, God. What our intentions are, because if we don't let them know by May 16th, they're automatically going to roll us to the first month of month to month. Month to month, our rent increases by $260 Jeez. than what we're paying right now. They have like they they have renewal offers incrementing from 12 months down to seven. However, in the worst case, uh, at 12 months, which is what they obviously want, it still increases by like 30 bucks a month. Yep. I mean, they didn't do much. The pool's closed. Gym's closed. So radius poems. Don't that's, move here. That's real, that's real estate, baby. That's how it goes. Our appliances are literally from the 40s. I have never seen things this old. Didn't right. even come with a microwave. But anyways, I digress. The other thing I will be doing is finishing Married at First Sight on Netflix. That's how I'm ending it. Sunday, watching the last dance for sure. Did you did you watch it? You missed it the first week. What's the next thing you're going to be doing this weekend? I haven't got that yet. I'm talking about last dance first. 
Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get the attention off me. If you can't tell, so you did not watch it. Mm, not a single, not a single episode. I have seen clips. You're the worst, dude. You're you're gonna watch Married at First Sight before you watch The Last Dance. I'm waiting for everything to get released, so I don't have to do this piecemeal crap. What is Married at First Sight? We just talked about. I don't even remember, and a lot of people listening don't know either. Say the title, and then you'll know the premise of the show. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's ninth season. It's fantastic. Basically, yeah, it's pretty deep. But it, okay, premise of the show: people talk of their personalities about like with psychologists, blah 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 blah. They're in huge pools. Psychologists pick the people who they think is going to fit the best, and then boom, you're at. Next thing you know, you're at your wedding day. Guys at the altar, girl walks around. Your first time seeing the other person is when they're walking down to greet you at the altar. Get married, go on a honeymoon, and then you pretty much live together. And you have eight weeks to decide if you want to stay married at the end or not. Wow. Fantastic. It's like love is blind, essentially. Yeah, it's pretty much love is blind, except you don't even get to communicate with the person at all. Yeah. Interesting. Tara and I just started last night, Waco. And... We got two episodes in. Strongly recommend. Mm. For those who aren't familiar with uh, David, what's his last name? You just, I, we, I forget his last name. Kirshner. And David something. Mount Carmel, the Colt in Texas, in Waco, Texas. Crazy story. Crazy story. Definitely recommend. Anyway, now we come full circle to The Last Dance. Koresh. David Koresh, that's right. One of my big takeaways from episodes three and four during the commercials, so Facebook's been advertising a lot during this. In the first two episodes, they kept advertising as the Facebook group. And it was weird. The hell? Who calls it the Facebook group? Obviously, Facebook is more than the social media platform now. This week, they changed it back to just Facebook. It's like Social Network when they were deciding if they wanted to call it Facebook or the Facebook. They recognized mm-hmm. Facebook group is stupid. No one knows it as Facebook group. Call, call it Facebook. Jokes aside, Carmen Electra. Wow. You see the, the videos or clips of her on social? I saw a couple pictures. She can still get it. <laughs> She's got her fast fastball still. Holy cow. Uh, was Dennis. involved a lot during that because the, the third episode was the Dennis Rodman episode, essentially, and they were married, yeah. I believe. Oh, wow. I didn't. What a guy to be tangled up with. There was literally, 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 they told the story. Dennis had to take a vacation mid season because Scotty Pippen was out and they need to rely on him more. He had to be more straight jacket and he had to go on a vacation mid season to Vegas. And they told him, Dennis, you can be there for 48 hours. Then we need you back. It's mid season. It's over. It's like 58 hours, 60 hours. MJ flies to Vegas, goes and knocks on his hotel room door. And Carmen Electra tells the story of she was in the room naked and had to go hide in the closet because Michael Jordan was at the door getting Dennis Rodman saying, Dennis, we have basketball season to go play. What an all-time epic story. Insane. Could you imagine that happening like in today's day and age? I bet you it does. Well, they keep it pretty well off the internet because that's what I would think is that that thing, that would be all over. Yeah, you can't do it as much. It's way more exposed now. Everyone has Mm -hmm. a camera uh, there was a clip they showed of, of Rodman walking out of the stadium in a leather jacket, drinking a Miller Lite. And what's he do? He hops on his bike and mobs out of there. Better times, man. Better <laughs> times. 
I, I read a piece in the New York Times today, humble brag, criticizing the Last Dance production. Obviously, everyone's been this the greatest thing ever. This is incredible. And I believe in all those things. It has been incredible. It's an incredible entertainment. I think it's I important to recognize that, shut up, that that's what it is. It's entertainment. People call it a documentary because it's 30 for 30, and that's kind of the spirit of those. However, this has gotten tricky, and you probably see more of this now, honestly. MJ was the one who had the rights to this footage. MJ had the one to, he had to sign off on this whole thing before they published it. And if the main person you're featuring in this documentary, it's largely about MJ, gets final say, that no longer is really journalism as much mm -hmm. as it is a PR piece. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not entertaining. We're still getting some stories that we didn't know. It's just important to recognize what we're watching because there's certainly some stories, some elements of this that the director did not get to tell because MJ 86 did. You know he did. Yeah. thought that was an interesting point. How did I, – I, do you know how he, like, came, had the rights to this thing? Like, how does that even happen? Like, did he – was he the one that said, hey, we're going to film everything back in the day? Like, The film crew came to the Bulls, and I think the Bulls said if we're going to do this, MJ has to sign off on it. Oh. Meaning he had, meaning he had some rights over the who gets to see who doesn't who how it's gonna be distributed eventually. Mm. Apparently, this has sat there forever, and MJ decided to release it. I think it was the day of the parade in Cleveland when LeBron won it. Yeah, and LeBron hype really started firing up. I I think I read a story that that was the day MJ said, "All right, release the clips." I think I'd heard it. You can just imagine him sitting in his his study with his glass of scotch and cigar. Uh, my last weekend plan there's been a problem with wi-fi at my house for pretty much we moved in here about a year ago to date almost actually was it almost a year ago today i think it might have been, been today exactly really yeah i think i think it was that flew by i just recognized that as well and it has caused our podcast to drop in the middle of recordings you guys haven't noticed. Maybe you have caught it a couple times. It's subtle. The way we've had to edit it and patch it is super frustrating. We just freeze and we have to pick it back up and just act like nothing happened. It also has happened with my work calls now from home. And maybe most important, so calls will just drop. I'm 40 minutes mm. into a sales call. It just drops. I have to call it nice. back. Yeah, love Classic. that. Love that. It's also, most importantly of the three, so impacted podcast, imp impacted work. It's impacted my ability to play Call of Duty. I'll be in the Ooh. middle of a game and just boot it out. And when you're playing Warzone and you're in the final 30 and you get booted, that's how controllers get broken. That's well, the how good it thing happens. is the, the positive side is you probably don't get to the final 30 very often. I get there so you're probably already I dabble. You're probably, you're probably out of the lobby, out in the I, lobby I dabble. already. I dabble. <laughs> Eventually, I couldn't take it. I called Cox this week and said, nice. you guys, I can't do it anymore. What is going on with my Wi-Fi? And they're like, Man, just reset your modem. You think I haven't thought of that already? I haven't done that every week for the last year, hoping that eventually <laughs> was going to be the problem. They sent out some texts uh, yesterday, Tuesday. Cox can't send people into your house now. They can only be on the outside you of your house with all with all that's happening. You can't have Cox in your house? No Cox in the house. Fitting. Fitting. I tried to think of how I could spin that, and I, I got nothing. You got no that was, Cox. That's not good. It's not good. <laughs> anyway what i was getting to is i had to basically fix the internet on tuesday by texting them pictures 
while they were outside and talking to them on the phone. Really? I did this whole thing. I, I was playing <laughs> off chords and chaos. I had no idea what was going on. He was t- telling me to do this and this. I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about right now. You need <laughs> to say this in the most simple terms possible. Yeah, yeah. And it, t- it took us probably about an hour and a half or something they probably could have done in 15 minutes. Eventually, we figured it out. And I played Call of Duty last night, today. Haven't been kicked out of one lobby. Today, not a single call dropped. So I bought the new Modern Warfare game today, meaning I can do multiplayer. I can update my loadouts now when, when I drop. And I am so excited. I'm giddy over the fact I don't have to deal with this anymore. You're making me think I might even need to get, get on there. Aaron texted me, our third brother. Aaron texted me today and gave me his gamer tag. Him and Hunter have an Xbox, his roommate. And we're going we're, we're to drop in soon. And I said, I don't think Adam has one. You might need to jump in. So we literally mob as the shop squad. What Xbox are we on? Are we still doing 360? No, Xbox One. I'm just kidding. I know it's the Xbox One. No. How much, are, how, much my, are those, how much are those things? I bought my Xbox secondhand. I told you the story of my bartering with the high school kid and shaming him about mm-hmm. his lack of integrity. Ball <laughs> move, Nathan, 30-year-old just shaming a high school kid about sales tactics. And you don't need you don't need to buy any games because you well, you don't need to buy the hard copy. You can download them all. Oh, just really? Yeah, I bought this for this new Call of Duty for $44. I didn't buy the updated or upgraded version. It seems cheaper than what I remember. Well, I mean, it's been out for a little bit. You can buy the upgraded mm-hmm. version for like 63 bucks, I think it was. I bought the Xbox and two controllers for 220 240 That's really not bad. No. That was secondhand. Uh, man, oh, I don't care. I'm just thinking if I want something to eat at my time like that. That's the that was my concern when I when I bought the Xbox. I've been productive. I've been reading a lot. Been productive while I'm working. Mm-hmm. And my concern was I'm gonna buy an Xbox and that's gonna change. And it, that was validated immediately today. <laughs> I was so excited that my live is working. I ended up playing about an hour and a half just middle of the day today. There you go. Nice. You're gonna have to get some of those things we used to eat back in the day. The those cinnamon cats that mom used to get from Trader from Joe's. Trader Joe's, the, the gamer the snacks. Gingy cats, gamer food, <laughs> gamer food. <laughs> yeah, I have to. So you gotta get an Xbox. All right, that's the moral of the story. Gotta do it. Yeah, it took us a long time to get there, but we we figured it out. Yeah. Appreciate all you guys for <laughs> sticking through that. <laughs> we'll get we'll jump to social here now. Thank you to all of you who asked questions this week. As a new element, as I mentioned at the very top of the podcast, we're going to start incorporating your guys' voice literally. Obviously, you've had the ability to submit written questions on Twitter or Instagram. We do have a feature, have a new feature where you can record your question. Super easy, super user friendly. It sends straight to our email inbox, and then don't worry about way to do it from there. It's super easy. You can either do that on our website, thereinoslant.com, or we'll tweet the link out every week. It is as simple as two clicks on your phone. Push record, talk, stop record, type your name, and then it submits it to us. That's it. I think you have two minutes to, to go. We got one person who submitted a question this week via voice. It was Andrew, our man. Hi, Nathan and Adam. This is Andrew calling in from Sparks, Nevada. First of all, thank you for offering to take our questions in voice message form. Second, in non-pandemic times, this past Saturday would have been the Silver and Blue Spring game at Mackey. My question is, had it actually happened, what would have been your storylines and players to watch? No, Andrew, thank you for recording your question. You got to add the buzzer 
couple hours ago. I thought we were going to get shut out in our debut of this new feature. Hopefully, we'll be able to get more to do it starting next week. It is always a mixed bag with the spring game in that you don't really know what to hang on to or what's really real. We always try to grab something, though, going into the game and coming out of the game. Remember when Bolo had around something stupid like 250 receiving yards a couple years ago? (laughs) Weird things happen in the spring game. That said, here are definitely the things I would have been looking at going into the game. I have four of them here. Number one, Carson Strong. Really curious to see the step he takes this year. Obviously, we are talking as if there is going to be a football season in the fall. We're going to speak it into existence here. An important year for him, obviously, after a freshman season that was up and down. It was a true freshman season at the quarterback position. I don't think that was a surprise to anyone. The fact he won the job, lost the job, then won it back and settled in towards the end of the year speaks a lot to his character. I think his work ethic, and hopefully he's poured into that this offseason. Obviously difficult now, the current state of things. The way the schedule shakes out next fall, and the way the West has been shaken up, Carson Strong, Mountain West, Offensive Player of the Year hype starts officially right now. Mm. It's starting right now. Carson Strong, Mountain West, Offensive Player of the Year hype. Getting it going. Last year's, do you know who won it last year? No idea. Josh Love, San Jose State's quarterback. He was wow, a senior. Any, anything's possible. Anything is possible. San Jose State guys winning that. You have massive turnover across the Mountain West. Probably Hank Bachmeyer, the Boise State quarterback, would, would be the favorite as of now. Carson, I don't think it's a stretch. I don't know if to call him a favorite, but maybe in that next tier, especially considering the weapons he has, if he were a junior or senior, he would be one of the favorites, no question. He's going to be – that's a huge piece for this next so year, got, obviously. So you got him officially in the hunt. I got him in the hunt. Not a favorite, but in the hunt. Got him in I the like hunt. Him. Got him in the hunt. Which rolls into my next one, number two, talent guys. Part of the reason Carson is in the hunt is because of the the talent positions around him. Elijah Cooks, Romeo Dubs on the outside, both are big bodies. Both had really nice years last year. Elijah Cooks went crazy down the stretch. Next year will be his last chance to put something on tape to get picked in in next year's NFL draft. Behind him, obviously, Toa Tawa and, and Devontae Lee in the backfield. This is one of the better skill groups in the Mountain West next year. One of the better skill groups. Hopefully Car- Carson can get the ball to him. He'll need some time. That'll be the third point, the offensive line. We don't have to talk about how the offensive line performed last year. <laughs> Angus McClure, offensive line coach, now gone. This unit was really, really bad last year, which is a good thing because there's nowhere to go but up. They can only get better. At this point, Carson is not a super mobile guy. If this group can improve incrementally, though, that's going to mean a lot for this offense, considering who they have at the running back position, considering who they have outside at the receiver positions. Nevada is so talented at the skill positions. The offense line doesn't have to be great. Offense line has to be serviceable, and this offense can be really, really good next year. The question can be: will be, what about their identity? Are they the air raid? Are they going to run the ball? I don't know if they're going to figure that out, start to develop that a little bit more. Matt Lumley's been here a few years now. I don't know if we're just going to be stuck in this hybrid kind of thing for a while. There's a, there's a lot of talent on this offense next year if the offensive line can give the guys enough time to 
make plays. And then the fourth one is this is an entirely new look defense with new defense coordinator Brian Ward. Fired midseason from Syracuse last year. Really have no clue what to make of the scheme, how this group is going to perform. Next year, Lucas Weber and Gabe Sewell, linebackers, are gone. They were the, the heart and soul of that defense. Lucas did get hurt, unfortunately, second half of the year last year. This is now a defense led by Don Peterson up front, Lawson Hall in the middle, and Tyson Williams in the back. Those are the guys who are going to lead this defense, and what can Brian Ward do in his first year? I would typically be pretty worried about a new coordinator or a new coach rolling out a new system, a new philosophy. When you have a global pandemic on, you don't have a spring ball to start implementing that system. So to put that together, and guys can start learning the schemes and the they're probably working on the verbiage now, I guarantee you. It's one thing to study. It's another thing to actually do it in practice live. However, I'm not as nervous about it because there's so much turnover in the Mountain West. Nevada's in a better spot than most. There are six new head coaches in the Mountain West this year. Four of those new head coaches are in the West. Only Nevada and San Jose State bring back their head coaches next year. We'll see. Uh, so those would be the four that I would have been looking at going into the spring game. What could you have actually taken out of that game? Who knows? It's a spring game. Those are going to be four things. Spring ball, going into fall camp, hopefully a fall camp, hopefully a fall season. Those really are going to be the predominant storylines going into the 2021 season. Anything else from you? I'm just wondering who's going to be the personality of the team. We lost our Prince Quentin Conaway. <sighs> he was more or less the liaison between the football team and uh, the media elites that we are. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious to see who's going to take that role. I'm excited to see who puts the name in the hat and uh, really puts forward the effort. Got a few questions on Twitter. We'll start with the one from Trav ASU. What long-term scenario would you prefer to see for the pack as a program? Make the NCAA tourney every two years, assuming mostly not advancing out of the first or second rounds. So make the NCAA tournament every two years, only win a game max or finish in the top 25 in football every third year let you start that one well this pretty much goes against everything i've ever argued but with nevada being a football school and all but i think i would take the basketball just because the excitement and just the status of the ncaa tournament even though you're not advancing out of the first or second round um it is a lot more exciting when your team's in there and you feel like you're part of an elite group that year, um, you can make fun of all your other friends who their schools didn't get into it. So you have always have that bragging right when you're going in there. And when it comes to football, I think just the disparity, I know there's a set on the NCAA tournament, how much you win, but in football, there's such a disparity between Mountain West football and SEC and Mountain West and the Big Ten and, you know, the big these conferences, they, they're way more different. So even if Nevada was getting into the top 25, it doesn't necessarily say that Nevada would get into a, a great bowl game that year and they could be playing some weaker one that, you know, is a lot less entertaining. Still fun when if Nevada's in there. But um, just from that point of view, I just think the NCAA tournament would just be more fun to 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 bear witness to. This is a really good question because as you just laid out, there's there's layers to this. The NCAA tournament is more exciting than the Las Vegas Bowl or the Los Angeles Bowl, which is where the champion of the Mountain West goes. However, if the football team is ranked every third year, 
it means you have more fans at games. You have more people paying attention. It means more revenue for the entire depart athletic department as a whole. The basketball piece of this is capped. It's you either win a game or you don't every two years. The NCAA tournament is more exciting as a whole. I, I agree with you entirely. The football part of the question is not capped. It just has ranked every th- every third year. That means Nevada could go 13-0. and It means they could get the group of five bid to, the, to a New Year's Six Bowl. That, to me, would be better than the basketball piece of this. This podcast got its start essentially because of the 2018 Nevada Basketball Podcast. And a lot more people are feeling Nevada Basketball right now just because the program has been performing better as of late. Nevada Football started getting ranked every third year and was playing for Mountain West Championships. Let's say that game's at Mackey. Can you imagine Nevada-Boise at Mackey in December for the Mountain West Championship game? You think people will get excited about that? Absolutely. I think both would be awesome. If I had to pick one, I'd pick football because one, it'd be exciting, and two, it'd actually be better for the athletic department as a whole from a revenue perspective. Fake Matt Mummy. I told you guys we were going to get a, a Scotty Pippen porn commercial. Is this or question? Is this sub commercial? Is this a sub commercial or the plot of a '90s software or softcore porn? I didn't read that very well. Is this su- a sub commercial or the plot of an early '90s softcore porn? I had a bunch of typos typing that out. If you didn't see the question, fake Matt Mummy, Matt Mummy tweeted it to us. It was like 1989. Scotty Pippen does this sub sandwich commercial in a gym with cheerleaders and it's the weirdest thing awful it was awful terrible scotty pippen's i think he has two lines in it one of his lines is he dribbles awkwardly then stands next to this six foot sub that is standing on its end for some reason just straight (laughs) up in the air (laughs) sizing him up and he says, this is the one six-footer I can't handle one-on-one. Ladies, let's have a party. <laughs> those, are my, those are my notes written down. I said, Scotty Pippen's ladies, let's have a party line was so comically bad. It's just so <laughs> random. Ladies, let's have a party. It's so out of place. The delivery is terrible. <laughs> it's, it's a hilarious commercial. So fake Matt Mummy. Props to you for digging it up. That was 1989. <laughs> we do know from watching The Last Dance that Scotty was cr- criminally underpaid. He had to, Maybe he had to get a side hustle going. Make a little extra cash. Softcore porn might, might have been the way to go. Could be handling a couple six-footers on the streets out in Chicago. <laughs> John Mackey, of course, asked a couple parter. First part is uh, comparing the number of players draft or signed as undrafted free agents draft or sign as undrafted free agents, a good way to measure college football teams against each other. What do you think? Um, I mean, if you want to have a meaningless argument, yes, because as we found out, a lot of times players get drafted and they amount to nothing. So, I mean, if you want to say like, yeah, we had the most, you know, in scout size draft ready players. Sure. But I think the better argument is long-term success like of schools like see where players and see who guys are succeeding at the next, next level and what schools are coming from. So I guess if you want to have a petty less argument that eats up airtime, I mean, go for it. I, I agree. Not really. 
some some fans will. If a if a fan of I'll use Washington, Oregon, they, they get a bunch of players drafted every year. If an Oregon fan were to come at me and say we had two more dudes drafted and one more guy taken in the first round, I would have said I do not give a shit. And it would have been the same way. If Washington was in a better spot, I would I would not be chirping at someone about it because what matters is the head to head in college mm-hmm. football. When, when comparing teams, long-term success, what'd you do against us last year? And it seems like a weird thing to do. Does it, is it a good thing for your program when you have players getting drafted and assigning as undrafted free agents and having success in the NFL? Absolutely. And then coaches can say, we develop guys, we get you to the next level. It does mean something as a fan in the short term comparing programs. No, get it out of here. doesn't matter. Second part of the question, do rivalries in the Mountain West Conference suffer due to lack of proximity between schools? Colorado State and Wyoming are the closest two. Mm. I mean, I guess you could make that argument, but there's nobody that's like so far out of it. Like if we had a team on the East Coast or something that was just like an irrelevant squad, maybe, I mean, you could argue why they're pretty far out there. But I still think everybody's in close enough proximity that, you know, it's really traveling isn't too much of a headache getting to some of these smaller airports. Like, um, I'm sure I've never been to Laramie, but I'm assuming they have a small airport. Uh, I'm sure that could make it a little more challenging, but I still think that the schools in the Mountain West are still proximity wise close enough. Fort Collins and Laramie are about 60 miles apart. The only negative I would see to any difference, or I should say, uh, distance, I should between rivals is that fans from the opposing t- or the road team that year or that week, if it's basketball, not as many of them would go. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think physical distance is much of a barrier at all in terms of renewing rivalries or sparking rivalries. Would more people care about Nevada and UNOV if ne- Nevada and UNOV were four hours apart instead of seven? On a good day. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know that, that that would be the case. Rivalries suffer generally because, here we go, the PC culture has watered everything down. Limited exposure, whether it be media rights, broadcast rights, um, silencing that, <clears throat> Pac-12 Network, <clears throat> AT&T Sportsnet, and the coaching carousel. Coaching or college rivalries are about the jersey on the front. It does help when you have some longevity, though. Mm-hmm. What was Chris Alt saying about UNLV all the time? Having him part of that rivalry was important. And every coach who comes into every program, one of the first things they say to win the press conference is how many days we play school X. I'm going to hang up this thing in our locker room. This is going to be the most important thing to us. That's what the fans want to hear. It feels somewhat cheap. It's almost cliche at this point because everyone does it. Everyone does it. What's the witty thing the coach can say to make the rivalry sound important? They are getting a little bit muted now. And you have all the realignment, which has become an issue in college sports with, with rivalries. Rivalries are a fan or a flame that should be fanned, not suffocated. And one of the issues with college sports right now is they're being suffocated by AT&T Sportsnet. <laughs> RIP. Sam asked a couple questions. Uh, every time Adam says COVID-19 wrong, here we go. Can we make him take a shot or something? 
Well, who's to say I haven't been? I think you should have to do something. You're going to die on this hill, obviously. I think you should have to do push-ups. I'm not budging. We got to figure out some way to shame you. I can tell you I did push-ups if that makes you happier. No. That's even worse. Hmm. You're the worst, dude. (laughs) Say Jalen gets drafted. Who steps up and takes his place next year? Maybe find a grad transfer? It's going to be incredibly difficult to find someone to take his place if he does stay in the NBA draft. The guy just had a historic Nevada season last year. One of the best we've seen from someone rocking a Nevada uniform. As far as the guy, uh, you know, who's going to become the primary scorer once Jalen leaves, it's probably the question we're getting at here. No one's going to put up Jalen numbers, but it's just going to be in that role as the primary ball handler. Tough to see a freshman filling into that role. It needs to be a guard. I think the obvious answer then is Desmond Cambridge, 6'4", Brown transfer. He'll be a essentially a redshirt junior next year. He led Brown in scoring his freshman year and his sophomore year. The thing with him, he scores a lot of points. He scored 17 points per game as a freshman, 15 as a sophomore. Really high volume. Takes a lot of shots to get that many points. He's going to have to become a little bit more efficient. He is the obvious answer, though, for someone who's going to become the the volume shooter, the reliable offensive option next year if Jalen goes. If Jalen goes. We'll see about Grant Sherfield here in a couple of years if he can maybe slide into that role as well. I know he's more of a point guard. I did get a couple questions on Instagram, fake map mummy. Since you are out of debt now, thank God, What's a better public investment? $750 million for a football stadium that can't be used or a $1.5 billion billion for an expansion of a convention center that can't be used? (laughs) The Las Vegas Convention Center expansion is supposed to, I think it's supposed to start September of next year, conclude in 2024. Allegiant Stadium, they got the roof on now. Should be done in time for football season if there is a football season. Both seem foolish at this point. Convention Center likely a better bet, you think? Maybe? Hopefully? Mm. Just because that's such an important part of the existing Vegas economy. However, if this leads to such drastic changes where we're now really monitoring how many people get together and how frequently and where they're doing it and when they're doing it, that $1.5 billion investment isn't going to seem so wise. We'll see. Marcus asks, have you indulged in Outer Banks on Netflix yet? I have no idea what this is. No clue either. I'm too busy watching Married at First Sight. What's your? Let's both guess what it is, and then I'll look it up. Outer Banks. All right, before you look it up, you say your thing. You say what you think it's about, then look it up okay. as I'm talking. I'm going to say it's some reality show on netflix outer banks would suggest a beach maybe an island some reality dating show on an island (laughs) reality reality dating show that's probably a hot uh hot topic as of late some of the shows we've been talking about i'm gonna guess it's gonna be more of a drama type show i'm gonna go more ozark style i'm gonna say this is a individual living normal societal life who happens to have a outside extracurricular activity 
i.e. contraband, um, finds a way to mix his personal life with this addition, with this other side, um, and trouble finds when these lives cross. That's the plot of the, that's the plot of the show. It looks like you're reading something. I'm looking right at you. Mm. It's going to be able to, it's going to be able to tell when you look at the plot. Cause I'm telling you, I have nothing. I just got my notes up. I, what I see a, a Forbes headline from 13 hours ago that says Netflix's outer banks is Ozark meets the OC, but worse than both. <laughs> oh, right here. Yeah, here it is. It's a coming of age story that follows a tight knit group of local teens called the Pogues in a beach vacation destination, outer banks of North North Carolina. When a hurricane kills the power for the summer season, it sets off a chain of illicit events hit the illicit part that force the friends to make life altering decisions. I mean, We've talked you were about kinda, Mark- you were kind of close. I feel like, yeah, it's actually not too yeah, bad. You were kinda. you were in the same not kind of you were you were in the same genus. Yeah, species. I was I was in the, I was I was in the same world. Um, going back to the Marcus thing though, this just sounds like classic Marcus show. I will not be surprised when in two weeks this gets reviewed as the worst show that Netflix has ever put out. For those who have listened to the show for a long time, you've heard us make fun of Marcus before. This dude has the worst taste. And TV show, yeah. the worst. There's one. Hold on, real quick. Let me go down this road. There is a Netflix show that features Will Arnett. It's not Arrested Development. That's the best. Anyways, it's a Will Arnett show. Marcus, when we lived at the church, you remember that? Well, I remember living at the church? That. Yeah, I lived there for two years. Remember we remember when we shared a house for two years? Anyways, he lo- set, kept preaching about how this show was the greatest show, and the reason why I made that joke was because there was a list that came out from these Netflix originals is before they started mass producing shows, and that show was ranked the worst show that Netflix had ever produced. Yep, perfect. Let's get out of here with Random Reno. What'd you dig up this week? So I looked up who are two of the wealthiest people living in the state of Nevada. Ironically, they're both down in your neck of the woods. Probably your neighbors. Both got places in Henderson. Richest people living in the state of Nevada? Yeah, and I did not include Sheldon. I would say Sheldon Adelson was going to be my first guess. Yeah, I'm not including Sheldon. It was actually number two in the threes who I included because I didn't want to talk about Sheldon. The first guy was a founder of online e-commerce pretty much. Wow. Pierre... Amidyar. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to guess that. Founder of eBay. 8.6 billion. His next door neighbor. Not really, but in Henderson. You actually, do you know you have the heirs to the the Walmart fund foundation company living near you? Yeah. Nancy Walton Laurie. 4.1 bill. It's good work if you can get it. Hey, haters going to (laughs) hate. Uh, Nevada Athletics, the teams were first referred to as the Sagebrushers or or the Sage Hens back in the day. Okay. In 1923, the mascot was changed to Wolves and later the Wolf Pack. What sparked the change? Uh, an early PC culture movement of including more than just the Alpha. <laughs> During the 21-22 season, so 100 years ago almost exactly, a local writer referred to the team as a pack of wolves, which is actually a somewhat boring story. 
I am very underwhelmed. That's a cli- that's a cliche. That's a that's a cliche. Fierce as a pack of wolves. That's how you want. All right. It's cold outside, but it's hot inside. Basketball. <laughs> Sports cliche. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. We're done. We, we, we milked the hell out of this episode. You guys are awesome. Thank you for uh, listening to our show this week. Thank you for uh, staying current on everything Nevada and helping us get closer to our goal of 1,000 downloads per week. Thank you to our partners at Tipsy Elves, Archie's, Silver and Blue Outfitters, and Toyabi Golf Club. If you are not already, please subscribe and follow The Reno Slant on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can find us at The Reno Slant. You can check us out online at therenoslant.com. Check out our blog. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Have a great, great weekend, guys. Go back. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Reno Slant, the weekly Nevada sports podcast. Until next week. And we're still not talking about that one basketball coach who's not here anymore.